Hey, this is Israel. Here at the river, we're all about the message of the gospel of peace. That the Bible says, beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel or the good news of peace. So we have good news for you. The war is over. God is not angry at you. God is in love with you. And you can have peace and righteousness and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we hope this message is a blessing to you. You can visit us online at theriverdurant.com for more. All right. Hallelujah. The scripture says that uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And it doesn't mean, what, what that literally means is a person that... Uh, let me just quote it the way it really says. The double-minded man is unstable as all his ways. And it says, don't let this man expect to receive anything of the Lord. Not because the Lord hadn't given it, just because of their double-mindedness, that their mind can't focus on what God's wanted them to do. And this morning, uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we started a series on uh, taking the limits off of God. And a term with me in the book of, uh, Psalms real quickly Psalm 78 I believe it's verse 41 Psalm 78 verse 41 we started with this this verse it says yes and again yes again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel what we need to understand is that they limited God Almighty. As much as powerful as God created the heavens and the earth, we know about Genesis and we've read all the scriptures about even the scriptures that told Mary, that the Virgin Mary, that nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible. We need to understand that there's nothing impossible for God. But in your life, it's all based on you. I'm just going to say it that way. In your life, it's based, how much of God you experience in your life is based on you. What we had up here was a demonstration of a person that had two faces. We had a demonstration of a person that had, everybody had two ears? See, you can hear things of the world, or as we're going to read, the leaven of the Pharisees, or even the leaven of Herod. Mentioned in the same verse that there's a Jesus warned his disciples, be wary or be be I, I warn you of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees and of Herod. Of course, the the Pharisees and Sadducees, they represent religion, the law, doing things to get things, you know, an old covenant mindset. And Herod represents the world. So you're going to hear one of those two things on one ear. On the other one, Jesus had words of wisdom and knowledge he was sharing. He, was, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, there's another way of thinking. One of the things we talked about right off the bat was the knowledge, the number one thing that's going to keep you, keep God limited in your life is the knowledge that you're carrying around in your head. What you listen to affects you. If you open up your ears, you may come to church and you may hear, you may have been going to church for 40 years, 10 years, 5 years, 1 year, it doesn't matter. But if you're hearing the truth of the gospel, the power of God, the power of the word, 
in one ear and then go home and listen to everything else, the leaven of the Pharisees, the doctrine of the Pharisees, or the doctrine of Herod, you know, their knowledge versus God's knowledge, you're going to be unstable and you won't be able to live in the abundance that God has for you because of the mixed signals. Because one, one side you're going to feel accepted, the other side you're going to feel guilty. You understand what I'm talking about? And so what we're going to read, if you turn with me into the Scriptures again, back into the book of Mark, chapter 8. We're going to read that story again. Mark, chapter 8. It says this. Now, right in Mark, chapter 8, it starts out, it's talking about the feeding of the 4,000. And it comes to the end of that, that passage of Scripture. And Jesus gets in a boat. And he gets back in a boat uh, at verse 11. And he arrives at a certain place, and then uh, he meets with the Pharisees. And two, you know, he's only there two, two verses. That was some deep revelation. If you look at here in verse 10, it says, Immediately got into the boat with his disciples and came to the region. And then it, verse 11 says, Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him uh, a sign from heaven, testing him. But he sighed deeply, uh, deeply and his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, uh, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. And verse 13, so powerful. And he left them getting into the boat. He was only there. Two scripture, two verses. I love that. I mean, that's how simple my mind is. So in other words, Jesus is over here feeding thousands. And it's like, you know, he's got the disciples with him and everything. And it's all happening over here. He, he took a little bit of bread and fed thousands. He gets out of he gets out of that gets in the boat. He comes to this region, and in two verses he goes, "Oh my, I'm getting back in the boat and getting out of here." You know, he didn't stick around long because they weren't about what he was doing. They wanted to argue. They wanted to talk doctrine. He wasn't about to. He was about feeding people. He was about reaching out and touching people. Amen. They wanted proof. He said, "You know, I, I I think he probably would have said this." He says, "Why didn't you come to my meetings?" You want proof? Why didn't you come to my meetings? But he got back in the boat. You know, he spent two, two verses here, got, got out of the boat, got, got, came over here, and his disciples got back in the boat. And Jesus, if you go ahead and read the rest of this, it says that, that Jesus warned them about the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. See, there's, there's knowledge. Leaven means the doctrines of. In Matthew chapter 16, the same passage of Scripture uh, the same story is told. Matthew chapter 16, it says, Beware of the doctrines. Doctrines full of what? Everybody say knowledge. knowledge. Knowledge and information. I love this because it's not about us passing on the information that you've received throughout time. Jesus told Peter, he said, yeah, we were going to read all this, but for the sake of time, we're not going to do that. But Jesus came up to Peter one time and said, Peter... Who do men say that I am? And Peter says, well, let, let me rephrase it. Jesus said, what's the information? What's the common knowledge that people, that society is saying about me, who I am? And Peter said, well, here's the information that I've been receiving and hearing from the world. That you're John the Baptist, you're Elijah. And Jesus stopped and says, well, Peter... Who do you say, personally, who do you say that I am? Oh, 
And he, he responds, says, you are the Christ. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. powerful. Flesh and blood. In other words, that knowledge, that information didn't come from passed down information. Right. It, it came through revelation. But Jesus said, flesh and blood did not give that to you, but revelation of who he was came, came to Peter. And Jesus said, I'm going to build my church upon not passed down information. I don't know if you got that. Jesus said, he goes, I'm not going to build my church on passed down information. I'm going to build my church on information that comes through revelation. That there's a revelation that we need to hear about who God is. See, there's lots of information about God and Jesus our Lord. But there's not a lot of revelation. See, revelation comes from when you hear from heaven. The scripture says faith comes by and hearing comes by the two things. Faith comes by hearing, but then hearing, the ability to hear comes from the word of God. What word of God? There's only one word of God that produces a hearing that will generate the right kind of faith that's going to cause you to call upon the name of the Lord in his righteousness, not yours. And that's the gospel of peace. See, lots of people in church have knowledge of God. But when you get revelation that God's your father, your life will change. There will be a difference in the way you walk. There'll be a difference in the way you talk. But you can't listen to this on this side and listen to this on this side and expect to walk in that revelation. Your knowledge limits. Let me read this passage of Scripture to you. In Romans, in Romans chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to, you, to God for Israel is that they may be saved. So he's talking about Israel the Apostle Paul speaking to be a group of people in Italy, which is Rome. He said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. See, they had a zeal for God, but not according to the knowledge. So they had a zeal for God according to a different knowledge. Now, did they have the Old Covenant? Yes. They had the knowledge of God part in the Red Sea. They had the knowledge of God, you know, feeding the masses and the manna coming from heaven. They had all that knowledge of God, but it did not create what God was trying to do in the New Covenant. We need to understand this. The Apostle Paul understood the knowledge of the Old Covenant, but he was bringing a different knowledge when you understand that, there's two sources of knowledge. You can know God as God, or you can know Him as Father. Yeah. And I'm going to submit to you this morning that life will not really change for you until you know Him as Father. We'll go, we'll go ahead and read the rest. Of Verse 2, For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge... For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. See, there's God's righteousness that they were ignorant of. Doesn't mean they're stupid. 
It just means they did not have the knowledge of God's righteousness. They had the knowledge of what kind of righteousness? Law righteousness. Let's go ahead and read this. Uh, For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone who believes. So it's just like this lady that was up here, you know, talking to two different friends on two different phones, on two different ears, with two different faces. Does everybody hear that? That there's the law of righteousness, and then there's God's righteousness. You know, and there's knowledge, and the key key word here is submitted. We're going to talk about being submitted. What are you submitted to? Or that church talk about being submitted? Now listen, the, the, the first thing you need to be submitted to beyond anything else, before you can understand any other submission, you have to understand what it means to be submitted to the knowledge of God's righteousness through Christ Jesus instead of the knowledge of law righteousness. You must first understand what it means to be submitted, given over to, totally dependent upon the knowledge that God is your Father through Christ Jesus. There is such a... Everywhere Paul talks, he says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father. Grace and peace is just not a nice little introduction. It's the whole... It's the whole message that he was getting across. That there's grace and peace, not fear and judgment. There's grace and peace from God our Father. To get people to see that he's just not God, but God, he's your Father. Meaning you're his son, you're his children. I love what it says about Jesus being the first of many brethren. Now, this is deep thinking right here. This is theologically deep. When it means the first of many brethren, what's that mean? That he was the first. There was none before him. He was the first. That means John the Baptist wasn't a brethren. Right, Pastor John? Moses wasn't a brethren. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob weren't children of God. Jesus was the Man, that hurts some people right there. They, they shake their head on that saying, because so, so much of our lives, we put them up on a pedestal. Listen, the Bible says that the greatest, which was John the Baptist, born of woman, was John the Baptist. And the least in the kingdom is greater than him. Because why? Because we're children of God. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they weren't children. We are. We have the DNA of God in us. And see, you can hear that in one ear, but if you keep hearing the other stuff, it's going to cause a conflict. And what it means to be submitted, see, the children of Israel here, they were submitted, it says, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. That means they were submitted to the righteousness based on the law. And they had lived and governed and disciplined their life according to law-based religion, law-based righteousness. And they were ignorant of true righteousness, Christ's righteousness. And what we need to understand is who and what knowledge are you submitted to because that, that will determine how much of God you personally experience in your own life. I'm going to read another scripture. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 4 it says this. We, we do a lot of teaching here at the church on heart physics 
And uh, if you've never heard of that, that's fine. You just need to come on a Wednesday night and get involved in our classes. But this is one of the main verses. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart. Everybody say keep. And see, you're, who, is, who is the attention on? Are you asking God to keep your heart? Is this what the scripture is saying? It says for you to keep your heart with what? It says keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it, what's it? Your heart. For out of your heart flows the issues of life. The word issues can be, inter, uh, can, can be defined as boundaries and borders. Out of your own heart will flow the very boundaries and borders that you live under and in. Let me put it this way. Out of your heart, will your heart will determine whether you're rich or poor, happy or sad, healthy or sick, thank you, that's a good one, whether you're friendly or, or ugly, out of your heart will flow the issues of life. Information, listen, you need to hear what I'm about ready to say because this, is, this hopefully will set you free for the rest of your life. Information has never changed anybody. You can go to church, seminars, self-help, Listen, I don't know how many times I've listened to people talk about diet. How many times, don't raise your hand, but if you're in debt, mentally raise your hand. And how much have you ever heard information about getting out of debt and debt's not good, but you're still in debt? You know why that information has never done you any good? Because you never applied it. You never submitted to it. You never came in line with the wisdom of that debt-free information. If you were to come in line with that, you'd be affected by it. And that's what submitting is. When you submit to knowledge, the, the children of Israel had submitted to the form of religion that they thought was going to bring them right standing with God. But when Jesus came, that right standing of God went away, and He is the right standing of God. Amen? It's by believing in what He's done. Man, there's some powerful things in this. Uh, let, me read, let, let me read some more of this scripture. In, back in the book of Mark again. Uh, we read it earlier this morning during worship. Verse 17. Uh, let me go ahead and just read um, uh, chapter 8, Mark chapter 8, verse 13. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf. Now remember, Jesus just fed thousands, right? With them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. See, the, the, one of the signs, one of the signs, and this is just review, one of the signs of what, what you're being affected by is determines on who's always getting the attention. See, Jesus spoke to them, and they thought that they, uh-oh, we did something wrong again. You ever gone to church and ever, ever think that, 
Well, God's always telling you what you did wrong. And what, what was Jesus' respond here? See, they respond and say, oh, no, well, it's because we didn't bring any bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, why do you always reason because you have no bread? In other words, I wasn't even talking about that. They even got together. That's the scary part. You ever get together with other people in church? Well, did you hear what that pastor said? He said that we had none. That's not what he's talking about. Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? See, if your heart is so hard, you can't hear and receive. The scripture says the seed is going to just bounce off of you. Look over in the book of Mark, chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. It's also mentioned in the book of Matthew, but you've got the parable of the soils. But I like what it says here in Mark chapter 4. Uh, right after the parable of the soils, what's the first kind of ground that the seed was sown on in Mark chapter 4 or Matthew chapter 13? It's the wayside or the stony, or they call it the hard path, the wayside. And the ground was so what? Hard that the seed couldn't get in the ground and the ravens just came and got it. Well, what made the path so hard to start with? Everybody say the doctrine of the Pharisees. Their heart is hardened. We just read the scripture where it says your heart was hardened because of the doctrine of the Pharisees. The law will harden your heart to the point you won't receive the very value and truth and, and power of the gospel of the word of God. Because of old knowledge that, you have, that you've been submitted to, because you refuse to submit to new knowledge and new life in the new covenant. Wow. We're still hanging on to the old covenant. And what was the second kind of ground that the seeds were planted in? Stony ground. And the seed got in there, and guess what happened? The stones what? Killed it. Wouldn't let the joy and the, the, the power of the word manifest. And it says that the stones, what was written engraved on stones? The law choked out the truth and the life of the seed, the Word of God. Do you see that? Now, so he goes on and talks about the cares and concerns of the world. Just so here's a little freebie for you. The third kind of ground was thorns and thistles choked out the Word. Wouldn't let it grow and mature, right? Where did thorns and thistles come from? Garden of Eden. What was the first manifestation of, that came up from the ground from when the ground was cursed? Thorns and thistles. A heart full of, uh, uh, a heart that's full of uh, the results of the law. We'll let a little bit of the word come out, but won't let it produce. It'll choke it out eventually. Oh, but there's good ground. Now see, that when the Word gets in there, the Word's planted and it comes forth. Now watch, right after all this, as we're in Mark chapter 4, right after all that, immediately after he told that story about the parable of the soils, it says this, verse 21, Also he said to them, Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket? Now I'm going to keep this in context, because what was the context of just being talked about? Seed being sown. That's the context. In the same breath, he, Jesus just begins, he just got to talk about seed being sown and being brought forth and evident on this planet, 30, 60, 100 fold. Right. Then he turns around and says this, Is a lamp brought 
to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? So in other words, the light has been brought or the seed has been brought to be manifested so everybody can see it. Everybody can experience it. Okay? So the lamp is the word of God that was sown in people's heart. The word is the lamp or the light, which is Jesus is the light of the word and the world. Understand that? So he is the light that we're talking about here, but it also says he's the word. What word? See, there's lots of knowledge. We talked about this on Wednesday night, the difference between knowledge and we talked the word about gnosko and the word yada and how important it was to have an intimate personal relationship. That's where that word comes from. And that we, how we need to have a relationship with the word or with the light or with Jesus. Look what it says here. It says, is the lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed. Does that mean there's nothing hidden? No, it's saying there's things hidden, but it's meant to be revealed. It was hidden, and it's being revealed. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to say this again. It's not saying there's nothing hidden or there wasn't anything hidden. It's saying that there was something hidden. But what was hidden is meant to be put on a lampstand so everybody can see it. Wait a minute. Let me read this scripture off the back of my head. Ephesians chapter 3. This grace was given to me that I preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the mystery that had been hidden from the beginning of the ages see God had hidden some knowledge God had hidden some truth God had hidden some revelation he had hidden it from everybody until there was a time that it come out and be put on a lampstand it's not supposed to be put under a bush it's not supposed to be put under your bed it's supposed to be out in the open so everybody could see this wisdom knowledge and revelation of Christ in us the hope of glory that our right standing with God is not based on your performance it's based on his performance that's the mystery that was hidden and it says right here for this for there is nothing hidden which will, be, which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. Amen. Oh, come on. The very purpose of the new covenant, the apostles' doctrine, the new covenant, and for the pastors and teachers of the day is supposed to be preaching the knowledge that the children of Israel did not have. They did not have knowledge of the new covenant. They didn't know that Christ was going to be in the inside. God was on the outside. They knew God as Father, uh, as God. They didn't know Him as Father. You know Him as God, but I pray that there will be a day you know Him as Father. Because that's when your life is going to be made a difference. That's when you're going to be affecting other people. That's when you're going to taking what God's done on the inside of you and passing it on to somebody else. Jesus hung on the cross and he said, My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? See, as long as you see God as God, you'll always feel forsaken. So did Jesus. Then he said, My Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. 
And when you see God as Father, you'll be able to trust Him and put your total dependence upon Him and say, have your will. You won't do that when you see Him as God. You only do that when you see Him as Father. Jesus couldn't even do it when He saw Him as God. He saw Himself forsaken. You ever feel like you're not good enough? You're listening to the wrong knowledge. The Scripture says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the what? Through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. What it's saying, in other words, is if the knowledge that you have of Jesus Christ your Lord is not bringing you grace and peace, you don't have the right knowledge. If you've lived all your life in guilt and condemnation, not measuring up, not feeling like you're good enough, not feeling like you're one of God's children, just a servant. I, I, get, that, I get people looking at me funny all the time when I say that. I thought we were supposed to be servants. You're supposed to be a son that serves. The prodigal son came back to be a servant and not a son, and he was one. The church is full of servants. Why? Because they're hearing the wrong knowledge. They're not listening to the knowledge that was hidden, that's being exposed and being revealed through the apostles' doctrine. Man, we're going to read some stuff about what Peter said about Paul's teachings. I love it. We'll get to that in a second. Let's go ahead and read the rest of this in, in Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read 22 again. For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. Man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Without maybe just taking a breath, then Jesus said to them, Take heed what you what you hear. What was our little illustration up here? She was hearing one thing in one ear and hearing another thing in another ear. Take heed what you hear. Now here's the important part. Just don't be careful about what you're listening to. With the same measure you use it. Now it doesn't mean, listen to this, this is powerful, powerful, powerful. Here's the truth of the Word of God. Whatever you hear, to the degree that you apply it in your life, will be to the degree that you experience it in your life. That's what it's saying. It says, take heed what you hear, But whatever you use, however much you, you see, he's not talking about, it's talking about a measure. Okay, if you, okay, let me do it this way. If you hear bad news, if you have bad wisdom, bad knowledge, I shouldn't say bad wisdom. If you have bad information, well, I can just do that and not get caught. I'll have it. But if it's against the law and you get caught, guess what? You go to jail. So if you apply yourself and use that information, you're going to receive from the me to the measure. If you hear a bunch of negative information and submit yourself to that negative information, that's the power that's going to be in your life. You're going to walk around negative. You ever wonder why? 
People don't like hanging around some of us because we're so negative. That's because we're listening to negative. And you've chosen to submit and use that information in your life. And the Scripture says, to what measure you use it, it will be given unto you. Let me just read it again. That's what the Word says. Remember what it said in Proverbs, Be diligent to keep your heart, for out of your heart flows the issues of life. Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use it, it. Everybody just say it. It will be measured to you, and to you who hear more will be given. Man, yeah, we're, we're going to flip the coin here in a second, but I want you to hear what this is saying. This is one of the principles of the kingdom of heaven. Let me just say it this way. This is one of the principles also of the world. If you listen to negative and you use the negative, more negative will be, will be given. Can't you see what's happening here? You're going to receive from what you submit to. And then if you submit to the law, you're going to get more law. If you submit to negative, you're going to get more negative. And if you submit to that, you'll get more and more and more. Oh, but if you submit to the knowledge of God, if you study to show yourself that you're approved to work or rightly dividing the word of truth, and you submit to that, if you've been given a little bit of revelation, and you submit to that revelation, what's going to be given you more of? More revelation. You ever wonder why some people have more revelation than others? A simple fact is, it's almost like you're not responsible for the revelation. You're responsible for the use of the application of the revelation. And if you're submitting to that revelation and use it and apply it, more is going to be given. If you use the word, to, you hear the word. It's not about hearing the word. It says here, if you have an ear here, but you have to use the word. It's not about coming to church and just hearing knowledge. Because as soon as you get out of this church, you're going to go out in the world, turn on the news, and you're going to hear that. Right. Question this morning is, what are you going to submit to? Submitting means that you're going to use that information. And if you submit to the word of God and apply that and use the, that a little bit of revelation you get. More revelation is going to come, and it's going to change your life. But unlike this situation up here, on this side, on this side, here and this. Oh, that's, I know people. Listen, there, there's, I'm going to say this out loud. Victory Life is a great church. Pastor Dwayne Sheriff is a great teacher. And there's people that have been going there for years that don't walk in victory. Even they go to victory. But there's people that do walk in victory because they have used what they've heard and they've received more and it's a process of growth and maturity in the wisdom of God amen and see have it, like I said earlier no information has changed a person it's only the information that is applied or used will affect you so if you use negative information what are you gonna, what's going to affect you negative information You'll get more of it. I love this. Uh, let's look at Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, verse 20 says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law, 
the knowledge of sin. And I'm going to read 2 Peter 3.18 right after that. But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wait a minute. Listen to these two verses. One says, For by the law, Romans chapter 3.20 says, For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Let me just stop right there. How many of you, I love doing flipping the coin and flipping it backwards. How many of you are sin, don't raise your hand, you'll learn not to raise your hand. How many of you are sin conscious? In other words, see your faults, see your failures, see what you've done wrong. The only reason that that is aware to you is because you're operating under the knowledge of the law. It says, I'll just read it again, Romans 3.20 says this, For by the law is the knowledge, the knowledge of sin. The more law you're under, the more sin is going to be revealed in your life. If you have one law, there's going to be one sin revealed. If you have ten laws, how many sins are going to be revealed? If you have 1,685 laws in your life, how many laws how many sins are going to be in your life? The more law you live under, the more sin you're going to be exposed. Well, I thought our sin was supposed to be exposed. Only if you're still living under the old covenant. The law exposes sin. What's it say in, in 2 Peter 3.18? But grow in law? Does it grow? No, it doesn't say grow in the knowledge of the law. It says grow in grace and knowledge. See, grace brings you a different kind of knowledge. Grace does not bring you the knowledge of the law. Grace brings you the knowledge of the freedom in Christ and what he did to fulfill the law. Jesus hung on the cross and he said, It is finished. He did not say, I am. Hear what's being said. The cross, I mean, even though we got crosses all, the cross is not a sign of something beginning. The cross is the sign of something coming to an end. It is a knowledge that has come to an end. We don't get our victory from Calvary. We get our victory from the resurrection. There's been lots of people die and crucified, but there's only been one raised from the dead. And the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. If you're cross-focused, you're ending. How can I say this nicely without being offensive? You're focused on the death. You're not focused on the resurrection. We need to focus on the resurrection. Now, you can't have a resurrection without a death. I understand that. But I'd love to have empty tombs everywhere instead of crosses. Because we get our victory. We, Jesus said, the lot, says, I came to bring you life and life more abundant. He didn't say, I come to bring you death. He said, it is something came to an end. It came to an end at Calvary. Something was nailed to the cross besides him. And taken out of our way. Man, that's so powerful. Let's look at the rest of this. So there's a knowledge Law brings you a knowledge of sin. Grace brings you a knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you focused on what you do wrong? Or are you focused on what He did right? Hallelujah. 
Are you focused on your lack of obedience or his ability to be obedient? Where does your strength come from? Your discipline or from his? I tell you what, the Bible that I read, the knowledge that I read, tells me that I need to focus on what he's, I, I need to trust in what he's done for me, not what I can do for him. I've got a good friend of mine, he's, he's embedding this statement in my head, quit doing things for God and do them from God. See, the old covenant, they did things for God. New covenant, we're doing them from him. We're coming from God to all the world. We're being sent by God, our Father, to touch the rest of this world. Amen? All right, let's go ahead and read the rest. Look at Galatians 1.6. It says, I marvel. <laughs> I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel. My first book I'm going to write is Perverts in the Church. That'll sell just for the title. We're going to see which preachers are in that one. I'm going to look down. And on the first little page, I'm going to say, sorry to disappoint you, but there's no names mentioned. Actually, when they open the book, and I'm serious, the book's going to be written. They're going to open up the book, and there's going to be a mirror there. There's going to be a mirror there, because it says right here, it says, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel. A pervert is someone who takes something from its original purpose and uses it for something other than what it was intended for. How many people have used the gospel for something other than what it was intended for? Oh, we all have. We all have. But anyway, that's what Paul is talking about here. And it says, verse 8, it says, But even if we or any angel or, or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, everybody say knowledge. See, Paul had shared with them the knowledge of the new covenant in Christ Jesus, and people were coming back behind him teaching the knowledge of the old covenant. A different gospel. Listen, it's all about not To you, this is, if any angel from heaven preach to you any other gospel to you uh, than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And he says it so strongly, he says it again. Just to ram it home. Verse 11, but I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the... What did Peter have that Jesus said he was going to build his church upon? There's revelation knowledge. There's revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ. Verse 16 it says this, do not con that he did not confer with flesh and Oh, didn't we already hear that once this morning? Nor did he receive flesh and blood. He didn't confer, he didn't get this wisdom, this knowledge from flesh and blood. He didn't confer with he didn't get passed down information. Paul was teaching revelation. And I love what it says in the book, and we're not going to take the time to read it, but in the last part of Second Peter, it says, Paul's talking about, Peter's talking about Paul's writings and saying how, well, let's just read it. Second Peter, need to go there. Need to see this. This is too cool for words. I love this. Second Peter chapter 3. 
I'm going to start with verse 14. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace. We're supposed to be in fear, right? No, we're supposed to be in peace. Jesus said, my peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Be diligent to be found in him in peace without spot and blemish. And consider uh, that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Is that what it says on the board? Oh, this is powerful. And consider that the... Who's long-suffering? Who's long-suffering? I'm going to say this again. Who suffered long for you? See... It says right there, and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is our salvation. It's not what you do that brings salvation to you. It's what He did. And see, that's knowledge that's going to change your life. Because if you're still under the law, you still think it's about what you do that brings your salvation. No, it's about you submitting to the right knowledge that's going to change your life. If you don't submit to the right knowledge, whatever knowledge you submit to is going to be effective in your life. Man, look what it says. And consider that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him out of Revelation. Paul got the revelation and he began to share through the revelation and Peter's acknowledging the wisdom that Paul has of the revelation of Jesus Christ and the gospel of grace, peace, and Christ's righteousness. And he's sharing and it goes on to say this. I love this part. Verse 16. As also in all his epistles... See, he's identifying the letters that Paul wrote. So in other words, where does the knowledge and wisdom we need to be gleaning from come from Paul's epistles? The apostle Peter is supporting and telling people that they need to read Paul's epistles to gain the knowledge and wisdom that they need to submit to so they can walk in revelation and change their life. That's powerful. I've heard people say, well, oh, he's talking bad. No, he wasn't talking bad about Paul's teachings. He's saying it's wisdom. It's revelation. It'll change your life. You need to submit to the epistles of Paul. It's different. It comes from revelation. It's not passed down through the lineage of men. It's not based on tradition. It's based on revelation. Man. What a, Paul taught the mystery. He didn't teach the history. He taught the mystery. That's so powerful. I'm going to say that every week till somebody gets it. Listen to this. As also in all his epistles speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught, unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the... So what's their foundation of thought to start with? In other words, they're hearing Paul's teaching, but they have a mindset of the law. They have a mindset, a foundation of Scripture, which is law. 
When they're talking about Scripture here, they're talking about Old Covenant Scripture. And so they have a foundation in their head under the law. Now they're hearing Paul's teachings, and they can't understand it. Why? They're double-minded. So they had already submitted to Scripture. Now there's another Scripture they've got to submit to, and it doesn't fit. That's why they're unstable. A double-minded man is what? What did it say these people were? They were unstable. Why are they unstable? Because they're hearing two different Gospels. And they're trying to live by both of them. You can't do it! Oh, I love that. I love that. Verse 17. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But grow in grace and knowledge. Man. What's the motivation here? To grow in grace. Not grow under the law of righteousness, but grow in the grace of Jesus. Man, I don't know if I'm making this clear or not. We're not supposed to grow in the law of righteousness. We're supposed to grow in the grace of Jesus. Man. But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen and amen. Man. What, what knowledge are you going to submit to? That's the question. You're going to submit to something. If you're not, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be unstable. It's almost better for you to go under the law than to be unstable between the two. The scripture even says, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but I can't stand for you to be lukewarm. Wow. But if you're under the law, you're going to have to obey all of it. <laughs> See, to me, that only leaves one choice. <laughs> I'm going to submit to the grace of the knowledge. Remember, the knowledge you have is what's affecting you. If you're not a happy person, you do not have the right knowledge. I'm not saying everything going in your favor. I'm just saying, listen, you can be happy even when things don't go in your favor. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Who did he speak that to? He spoke that to the Jews, the most religious, scripturally based people on the planet. The word repent means to change the way you think. Let me say it this way. He said, submit to another knowledge. There's a knowledge in the kingdom of heaven that's not the same knowledge that you've been used to. You need to change the way you're thinking because in this kingdom, you have to live differently than that. Over here, let me do it this way. This is going to, over here in the old covenant, it was what is right and wrong. It came from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man wasn't even supposed to eat of that tree. God didn't want man to have the knowledge of good and evil so they wouldn't have to submit to it. That's how far back this goes. I, I just didn't have enough time. Thus, it's a series. We can go next week. That's how far back knowledge goes. To the knowledge of... Matter of fact, it was the first knowledge mentioned in the Word. The rest came through revelation. 
How did Adam name all the animals? He get, man, What's that book say? <laughs> he didn't go to any book. He didn't confer to any flesh and blood. He just, through the relationship he had, had wisdom. And the first knowledge came when he ate of the tree. <sighs> Maybe you didn't get that. I did. I just, that's good stuff. There's a new knowledge, church. The knowledge in Jesus Christ our Lord and what He's done for you to make you right with His Father, to make you a child. Remember, God is for you, church. He's not against you. His ways are for you to prosper and to be in hell. He's poured out His love into you so much that you can go out and love someone else besides yourself for a change. He wants you to be so happy on the inside it's contagious amongst amongst your neighbors he wants you to give and in all your poverty give generously he says because you know who's given to you first you don't give god to give give you anything you give because he's already given you things the old covenant is something that you do to get the new covenant is you do because it's been given you fir he's first loved you, so you go out and love one another. You need to understand God's on your side because He is your Father. He's not angry with you. He's forgiven you. He's thrown all your sins away. He, doesn't, he chooses not to remember them or call them back against you. He's gotten rid of them. You haven't got rid of them. You still remember your sins because you've submitted to that information. That law that keeps bringing it up. Get rid of the law, you'll get rid of the knowledge. Amen. Change your law. I mean, change your knowledge, you'll change the results. If you want something you never had, you've got to do something you've never done. Because what you've done, you've done from what you knew. So if you want something different, change what you know. Submit to it. Submit to the revelation knowledge that comes via the Holy Spirit. I love what it says in the Bible. It says that Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, now this is before Calvary. This is Calvary. And before Calvary, he told his disciples, listen, you can't comprehend what I want you to know. So I got to go away so the Holy Spirit will come. And over here, if you honor the knowledge of the Holy Ghost, he will teach you the things pertaining to the kingdom. God acknowledge the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. It's by your will. You're worthy, Lord. Oh, you're so worthy. Father, we submit to your knowledge. We submit to the knowledge of the new covenant. The knowledge of the resurrection. The knowledge of the empowerment by your Spirit within us. 
We submit to the knowledge that it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives inside of me. We submit to the knowledge that we're empowered with your power because your presence is in us. We submit to the knowledge that says whatever we lay our hands on to, they will recover. We submit to the knowledge that says signs and wonders will follow them that believe. We submit to the knowledge that says that all things are possible to them that believe because there is nothing too difficult for you. Father, I thank you that we submit to the knowledge that we are victors, not victims. That we are the lenders, not the borrowers. Father, I thank you that everywhere we go, our feet tread is established your kingdom. Father, I thank you that we carry your presence with us everywhere we go. And Father, I thank you that we can instill in our heart peace. That we can be at peace in our heart so your seed can be planted and bring forth great fruit. Oh, hallelujah. Go ahead, Joy. Let's sing it again. It's by your will. You're worthy, Lord. We need to understand, church, that in the Old Covenant, all the focus was on people's behavior. In the New Covenant, the focus is on His behavior. Old Covenant's on what you do. New Covenant is what He did. I'm submitting to this. That doesn't cause me to rush out and sin. It wants me, it empowers me, wants me to go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, speak in tongues, prophesy, interpret dreams. That's how we're to be effective. That's how we're supposed to make an impact. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. God bless you.